think young people have really learned that like if we just sit here and have pleasantries and act like everything's okay, then the exact same issues are just going to happen over and over again. Welcome to She Leads, a podcast about leadership, faith, and relationships from a woman's perspective. I'm Thea, your host, and I'm so glad that you tuned in today. Thank you for all of your support and encouragement. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes, your follows, all that fun stuff. They really do matter, and I'm really uh, excited and grateful that you are continuing to support this little dream. Um, Each week, I invite you into the conversation, and today I wanted to read a comment from Karen. This is regarding our Win Leaders Fail episode with Gina Summers. She says, this one had me in tears way early this morning. How beautiful, honest, and open. And that's something that I have really also appreciated about our conversations here is they've been open and honest. The guests continue to be really real, and I think it's something that's a unique um, offering that she leads can bring. And so thank you, Karen, for tuning in. Thank you for sharing your comments. And again, I would invite you into the conversation. You can send those comments, questions, feedback to she leads comments at gmail.com. And I will receive those and share those with our community. Today, we're going to continue a conversation with one of the youngest leaders we've had on the podcast, Miss Meredith Clark. Meredith, why don't you reintroduce yourself, current leadership titles or positions? So my name is Meredith Clark. Um, I am a sophomore at Texas A&M University, um, and I am currently involved in the Wesley Foundation there, and the leadership positions I'm holding, I am the women's chair for the Wesley Foundation, the publicity chair for the Wesley Foundation, and I am a student representative on the Board of Higher Education and Campus Ministry for uh, the United Methodist Church, Um, and yeah. Awesome. Awesome. A lot of a yeah. lot of stuff going on, and you go to class sometimes yes. and have fun and enjoy college yep. life. Um, what are you consuming right now? Who are you a fan of? Books, podcasts, whatever. So I just finished uh, Bob Goff's Everybody Always and did a little study with some girls about that, um, and I really enjoyed that book. Um, I've been kind of re or not reading, uh, listening to uh, the Bible Projects podcast. Um, and they're talking about like cities in biblical times and their importance and significance. I've been slowly making my way through that one. Um, and I'm always going back to Gilmore Girls all the time, always rewatching it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a I, I'm not a Gilmore Girls fan, but I have definitely some shows that I can keep just keep going yep. back. They just don't get old. <laughs> I was even watching some Friends episodes this week and I was like man it's still good I know it's still funny it makes me laugh um all right let's jump in you just shared you have a lot of leadership positions Mm -hmm. right now and just how has the church and or Christian communities kind of helped in that leadership development um I think as far as the Wesley Foundation the staff there is really great at like encouraging us to speak up about stuff Katie and Ben and Sharon, all the staff at uh, Wesley are really great about uh, encouraging us to speak up about things, um, especially with this board that I'm on that I'm very unfamiliar with. Katie has been great about telling me if I have questions, ask her, ask the board um, for clarity on things. Um, So I think currently just verbal encouragement has been really great. Yeah. 
And how has, you know, the church and or other Christian communities hindered your leadership development? Um, I think sometimes in the church, people will ask for your opinion on things and then won't use it at all or won't recognize it at all. Um, sometimes if I'm asked for my opinion and I give it and then I'm told all the reasons why that won't work. Um, I was like, well, then why did you ask for it in the first place? Um, yeah. But that has probably been the biggest hindrance, I think. Yeah. It sounds like you're needing, like, we, the church, need to be better about taking you seriously. Yes. And if we're not going to take you seriously, like, don't put on an act mm -hmm. as if we are. Yeah. Right? So invite you into a real mm -hmm. uh, role and then take your mm -hmm. offering yeah. You know, seriously, I can, I can see that's frustrating mm -hmm. almost as if you're playing like a token role. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, wait a second. Am I, am I really on the team yeah. or am I? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I say that out loud, I'm instantly really frustrated. Like mm -hmm. that, that would yeah. happen and can feel that way too. Mm -hmm. I've been on teams, not as a youth, but as an, as an adult, where I finally just said, if you don't really want to hear what I have to say, kick me off this team. Yeah. Remove me with, I mean, we don't have to kick me off. Like I'll go willingly. Yeah. Because I, to sit here without a real role mm -hmm. or a real voice. Yeah. This is a waste of both of our times. Yeah. And we're just causing each other frustration. Yep. Um, so yeah, I hear that. What are some of your um, big dreams about the future of young people and the church? If, you know, it was Meredith's way, what are some of the things that we would see with I, young people in the church today? I really wish that the youth just had a greater presence in, like, the congregation activities, um, like in service and in different fellowship activities. And I wish that the congregation had more of a presence in the youth activities. Um, one of the cool things at the Wesley Foundation that we do is you have A&M UMC that's right across the street and they have Sunday school classes that will come cook for us on Sunday nights. And like having that older presence is really cool because we get to learn from them and they get to learn from us. Mm -hmm. um, and so just being more connected would probably be my biggest thing. Yeah, again, I'm hearing this like we have made this separate space mm -hmm. and then we wonder why we're so separated yeah. that there's no crossover. Mm -hmm. I mean, every youth director I talk to is like, how do I get, you know, non-parents mm -hmm. involved? How do I re-engage that generation? Because we've somehow made them believe that they're done, mm -hmm. which is, I would say a great tragedy mm -hmm. um, for any disciple to think, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, until, you know, we're at, we're at the end. So thinking about young people in church and a greater connection, um, a greater presence, what is your, one of your big hopes for just the church in the world? So if there were a greater presence, a greater crossover and connection, what kind of impact do you think we might see in the world around us? I think it would cause the church to be more genuine because you'll have those two different accountability things like the older generation can hold the younger generation accountable and vice versa. Um, I think sometimes church becomes just going through the motions sort of thing and we're just here on Sunday morning, we're going to do service and then we're going to leave. Um, and I think that 
having different voices involved in that would make things more genuine and more. We want to be here and we, we wish this was longer and we wish we could be here uh, for more time because it is it will become this genuine uh, genuine thing that people look forward to. And so if the church is more genuine, what do we see in the world around us? What impact does that make? I think that if the church was more genuine in, um, in the book that I just read by Bob Goff, he talks about how a lot of times we agree with what Jesus says, but we don't actually put it into practice. Mm-hmm. And I think if we were more genuine, we would actually put those things into practice. Because if we genuinely cared about our neighbor and we generally, if we genuinely cared about the needy, we would actually help those people. And we would actually, he talks about becoming love uh, towards those people. Um, so, yeah. I haven't read that book, but it's very much the gospel. Mm-hmm. I would even almost argue um, the incarnation mm-hmm. is God's love. Mm-hmm in the flesh and you see this in Jesus's life that Mm -hmm. he is love to so many people. Right. Um, And this genuine, you know, we might, one of my favorites that we read over and over is Jesus was moved with compassion Mm -hmm. toward the needy, the sick, Mm -hmm. the, um, the hungry um, and this willingness to be, really present Mm -hmm. skin bones blood sweat and all Mm -hmm. not just in his own self but also Mm -hmm. with the other you know how he touches the leper he Mm -hmm. moves toward the outsiders and Mm -hmm. the outliers um, that he really I mean is this genuine love Mm -hmm. just right here in it And I would argue that I think that's kind of what he was trying to teach us. (laughs) You know, I mean, let's fast forward to it, to John when he um, washes their feet and then says, do this to one another. Mm -hmm. This is how they will know who I am Mm -hmm. is if you love one another, Mm -hmm. this genuine love. Right. And I mean, I, I always wonder if we were willing to do that, maybe we wouldn't see a change in our numbers on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I think we'd see a change in our neighborhoods. Yeah, definitely. I think we'd see a change in our schools yeah. and our communities. Mm-hmm. And isn't, isn't that it? Yeah. Isn't that what we're really called mm-hmm. to do is be that change mm-hmm. that we're looking for in the world. That is that's moving. That's, that's, that's exciting for me. Um, what new opportunities for young leadership would you like to see? What new things would you, you know, again, hope and dream that the church, a church, church, faithful communities would offer, would allow, would welcome young people to step into? Mm -hmm. I think that having just student representation all around the church is really great on like, because we have executive council, um, and like if we could introduce some sort of youth rep on that, um, so that their voice can be heard, um, and just having I think a bigger presence on Sunday morning, 
like having youth host, having youth uh, participate in the music aspect of the service or be ushers um, is really influential for students to see that they can be a part of what goes on on Sunday morning and not just the adults. And how do we make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get tactical. I think presenting it to the kids. I mean, if you came in on Sunday morning to the youth Sunday school and was like, we want your voice heard. We want you mm -hmm. to have an influence on our church um, and giving them some sort of way to reach out to uh, the staff about that opportunity would be a really great way. Mm. I love that. You're like, basically just ask. <laughs> it's not so hard. <laughs> um, that's really funny. Oh, so when we talked about some of those obstacles and barriers that you faced, what are, um, what are some ways that we could kind of uh, battle those? And maybe like, let's just say I'm 100% on board. How do we lead, you know, the whole church? The church is bigger than a pastor. It's mm -hmm. bigger than a staff. It's bigger than a few. It's, mm -hmm. it's a mini. It's a, and yeah. it's a powerful, mighty force. And so how do we remove those obstacles and beyond, you know, just one local church and one local community? Mm -hmm. How do we really start to create those, those spaces and new opportunities for, for young leaders? I, I really think that if we just are more genuine with each other, then they'll just come naturally because I feel like if we have genuine relationships with the people that we're working with, we're comfortable saying, Hey, this made me feel this way. And having where conflict actually leads to resolution instead of just animosity between uh, people in the church. Um, and just being genuine because that's what people want. They don't want a fake relationship. They want, they want you to actually care and not just say that you do. Yeah. And I'm hearing and seeing that especially young people are just, I would argue really nobody has the energy for, for fakeness mm -hmm. today. Yeah. And with our overly, you know, edited and curated worlds mm -hmm. in our hand that when we are interacting in real life, like there's so much more craving of that genuine and authenticity I would even argue this is probably why people are more hostile mm -hmm. because they're actually being more real. Yeah. They're showing you how they real. they're not faking pleasantries. Yeah. They're not being nice to you because that's what they're, you know, that's what you're supposed mm -hmm. to do. They're telling you exactly how they feel. Right. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying that's great. I'm just, <laughs> I would almost argue like that's probably why we have more animosity with strangers is because mm -hmm. we are almost just fed up mm -hmm. with, the fakeness. Yeah. And so right now I am losing my mind and everyone's going to know about it. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, put on a brave face. Yeah. Um, but especially in our, and I wouldn't just say in our faith communities, but when we're talking about young leaders mm -hmm. and again, you mentioned, this is our, this is the future. This is where we're going. These are the folks who I would argue our best chance mm -hmm. for, um, reaching the generations to come is that how do we create spaces that are more authentic mm -hmm. and more real and, you know, allow this authenticity, even not allow, encourage, mm -hmm. uh, invite, welcome, support this authenticity, even if it does come with questions, mm -hmm. even if it comes with critique, um, how do, you know, 
how do we do that so mm-hmm. that anybody, young, older, I, the lost would be willing to be, mm-hmm. you know, learn that they have already been found. Yeah. If we're being more authentic mm-hmm. uh, and genuine and quit hiding. <laughs> Um, it's kind of a theme that's come up a few times in mm-hmm. this space of how do we just be more authentic? Mm-hmm. And I'm almost uh, intrigued that it's women who are often well known for putting on appearances, mm-hmm. yet are willing to say this out loud. Mm-hmm. We've got to get more honest. Yeah. We've got to get more real. Um, and probably earlier than later mm-hmm. so that we're not flipping out on an airplane, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that we're having these honest conversations, um, earlier in the, Mm -hmm. in the game so that we have a, a real chance Mm -hmm. at some authentic connection. Right. Too. Um, and again, with, with young people, they're just not gonna, yeah, they're just not gonna buy it. They're just not going to waste time with it. Yeah think young people have really learned that like if we just sit here and have pleasantries and act like everything's okay then the exact same issues are just going to happen over and over again Mm. like if we don't actually talk about why this person did this what were their struggles what led to these actions that were frustrating they're just going to happen over and over again Mm. as you say that I just can't help but be thinking that some of young people seem to be the victims of some of the most um, heinous situations mm-hmm. of where maybe something real wasn't dealt with mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. And so this, you know, com- com- uh, feeling compelled to say, we have got to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I just can't shake either this idea that, you know, every new generation is going to look at the one before them and say, I can do it better. Yeah. I can, you know, which is, good. This is called evolution. This is called growth. This is important, right? A hundred percent. I look at my mother and father's generation and think, oh no, I got a way better plan. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And so it's, I should feel honored that there's a generation coming after me that says, "Uh uh-uh, you did some good stuff, but we can make it better. We can improve. We can continue. Um, And I I think there's definitely a hope for me that I would be willing to live intergenerationally Mm -hmm. as well. Um, and notice, uh, the good and, and, and maybe the room for growth on both sides, Mm -hmm. but to kind of hold that space. Um, and I wonder if our faith communities could be more like that too. Mm -hmm. Maybe so many wouldn't be so close to closing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so how are we going to really welcome in and and Mm -hmm. raise a generation of faith and, and set them free mm-hmm. um, and just have to at one point just say they're going to do it different. Yeah. Hopefully for the better. Yeah. Probably learn some stuff along the way. Mm-hmm. What would be your one, um, one piece of advice for current church leaders to welcome in young people um, to make space for them in the kingdom? I think... Letting them lead, even because I know it's scary to let unexperienced people lead, but that's how they get better. And knowing that you letting them lead is allowing them to grow so that they can be in the position that you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, And not being afraid to 
pick some things up along the way whenever young leaders mess up because they are going to because they just don't they don't know how to yet um, and letting them grow and letting them take those risks and those chances so that they can become better leaders because you don't become a leader by watching other people lead you become one by being one <laughs> man I don't need you to say that one again that was good <laughs> say that last time one more time Oh, you don't become a leader uh, by watching other people lead. You become one uh, by being one. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, you know, as you said, well, I know it can be scary to let young people lead and they're probably going to drop a few things and mess up. Uh, Fun fact, millennials and older, they drop the thing too. They don't do what they said they're going to do. They give up halfway. They, you know, they make mistakes Uh as well. So this idea that, oh, if I let a young person do it, it's going to, there's going to be a flaw. Yeah. Yeah. If I let anybody else do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I do it, there's going to be a flaw. Yeah. Like this reality that it's not special to young people that they're yeah. going to mess up or possibly bail on you. Mm-hmm. I've got a ton of stories of people well <laughs> over the age of 20 who have bailed mm-hmm. and dropped the ball or just uh, yeah. given up halfway or said, I can't do it or messed up and needed coaching. I mean, that's just a part of it too. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, uh, I often just say that your leaders have to be building leaders. Mm-hmm. Like that's a part of it. And that that's a really good sign of a leader is how many mm-hmm. leaders are you producing? How yeah. many are you, are you building mm-hmm. really to, to, to replace you, right. to go off and do this thing somewhere else in another mm-hmm. capacity. And so um, why would it, why would you like cut out this whole generation until mm-hmm. when, you know, at, w- at what age yeah. would you say that they're ready when, you know, there's, there's no magic number. Yeah. Um, I'm even, you know, maybe finding a little, I'm like, all right, six-year-old, what do you think? You know? And they're like, (laughs) I'm this one little boy. I asked him two months ago, what would make church better? Just if you could add anything, if you could have Mm -hmm. your biggest dream. And he's like, I'm going to have to think about it, which I'm like, good answer, you know, (laughs) two months, uh, a week ago, he came to me and goes, I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking. I said, yeah. He goes, what was I supposed to be thinking about? (laughs) I said, how can church be better? Yes, I'm still thinking about how church can be better. I said, Mm -hmm. okay, buddy, well, whenever you got some ideas, I'm ready, you know. But maybe he forgot what he was supposed to be thinking about, but he remembered he was supposed to be thinking. And I would argue he remembered. I asked him Mm -hmm. what he thought. And what does that tell him about his role and his participation? Um. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much for your thoughts and your input. If people want to connect with you, how can they find you? Um, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram and all all the things. And like I said, I'm involved in the Wesley Foundation. Um, and so we have worship every Sunday night, and it's live streamed on our YouTube. So if you want to see us jam out up there and praise the Lord, you can find that on YouTube. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and we didn't even talk. You have an amazing voice. Oh. Thank you. I heard you just practicing last Sunday. It was amazing. So check her out. Thank you once again for uh, tuning in. Uh, As always, I would love to have you join the conversation. Send your comments, your feedback, your ideas on how we increase our reach to young leaders and make space for them in the church and beyond. You can send those to sheleadscomments at gmail.com. I do want to invite you to check out the show notes of this episode where you can find not only links to Meredith, but you can also find the She Leads website. You can um, check that out, learn more about the She Leads story and how to support Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next time. She Leads is produced by me.
Bia Curry Fusen, recorded and edited by Pearland Podcast Studios. All thoughts and expressions shared by the guests are theirs and not the organizations they're affiliated with. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week to continue the conversation on She Leads.